1: Hey Queeros! Editor Valerie here. This week we are revisiting three more of our favorite conversations from 2023. We'll hear from the influencer Maddie B. Webb, the stand-up comic Ali Colbert, and the author Kai Cheng Tom. These are all really, really lovely conversations, and I loved hearing them a second time. Uh, Hey, do you live in Los Angeles? Do you want to visit Los Angeles? I recommend that you go and see Cameron's new show, Velvet Tuesdays, at the Elysian Theatre. I saw the December show and it rocked. There were like three or four killer stand up sets. There was a drag king and there was a real live saxophone player. Tickets are only 16 bucks. The next one is January 23rd. Get your tickets now before they sell out because they will at ElysianTheater.com. Happy New Year from all of us here at Query and please enjoy the show.
2: I'm, I'm one year out, uh, almost one year out <gasps> publicly on the internet. To yeah, to
0: Betsy. This is amazing. <laughs> How has that been? How's your yeah. year
2: been? It's been the most amazing, most freeing, wonderful thing. Wow. I think I would just like, I really didn't want it to be a deal mm-hmm. like i didn't i just like casually mentioned it in a video and then i just kind of created content around it for the first time but it was just so i didn't even realize how what a burden that was to hold wow. onto myself like not not really being fully authentically me and then over the past year like being able to share other parts of my life that have more to do with like my sexual identity it's been just so um i don't know i literally I I feel the same way. Like, I just didn't think that pride was going to be that important to me, but it really, really has been, especially just like reflects so much on my trajectory of my life, like where I grew up and everything. Is this your first everything. pride season being out? <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, Maddie, yes. this is so fun. Oh, you're going to have know. such a and good got, time. And I got invited to my first pride event oh. and I'm so excited about it. I just like feel so lucky to be, in the like openly in the community yeah. because I mean I've been out to people in my personal life yeah since I was like I I mean I knew I knew for so long but since I was like 19 I think um in college uh, I was like very much like oh yeah oh yeah I like Other things. Other things things is a hilarious (laughs) thing to say. Um, Yeah, Maddie, I mean, you know,
0: that's awesome. You got invited to your first Pride event. And I hope that, I hope for you, oh man, I'm thinking about like, when I was, how old must I have been? Maybe I was still in college or just out of college and I'm from Chicago, but I was living in Boston at the time and I came... I was visiting my family and my older sister was also home and maybe my little sister too I don't know but I I didn't realize that it was the same weekend that the like parade was gonna go on and my Mm -hmm. we took the train like a commuter rail train down my siblings and I and we went to the zone that it is in Chicago, which is called Boys Town. And I just remember like walking through, like I didn't even stay. We didn't go to a bar. We didn't like, it just was, I literally was just like, Duh! and like Whoa. walked through yeah. the crowd and then like went home. And and even that feeling is really impactful. And really seeing the the flags mm-hmm. is really impactful to me. Yeah
2: yeah gosh
0: I wonder yeah. what this is gonna be like for you I'm so excited
2: I'm really curious too because also living in a place like LA it's just so it's so just every day I feel like it's very right. acceptable right. and like loving and I don't feel any type of like weirdness in any way shape or form you know but I, when I go back home I do yeah but um but I, yeah, that's why I'm like super interested. I'm like, what is how different is going to be? Because I I also got like a little emotional last night when it hit midnight. I was with my some friends yeah. and I like never, ever, Aww. ever go out like ever. And I was with this group of like really amazing women. And we were just all sober at this event, just having the time of our lives dancing. And it hit my midnight. And we're like, happy pride. Yeah. And like, I was just like, wow, I If I I was just had like an inner child moment where I was like, I literally thought that this was a sin my entire life. I felt guilt for the way that I felt towards women. I like carried this burden with me for so long, and now I I don't even think about that. Like that's not something that I deal with. That's not something that I'm still healing from in any way. And now it's just something that I celebrate. And I celebrate other people and like there's people that I love in my life who um I I celebrate in that way I don't know it's just it was like such a beautiful moment and I felt very grateful that for to be in the place of life that I'm in and to be able to share it publicly that that's just like I can't even I can't even like conceptualize that and when I think about myself in the past like I don't if I could tell her I just don't th- I just don't even know I think she would just be so wouldn't even know what to think, yeah, i mean i I grew up thinking
0: like that my thoughts and feelings and even like myself, like the word sin for sure, um you know, I thought I was like damned to hell, which was like an actual physical place, i mean wild yeah, me wild thoughts, um and yeah, I mean you're right about l a because I do feel super um, grateful for some of the choices that I make. I'm not. I like, certainly not always out. But like last weekend, I think I went to uh, to see some drag kings. So fucking fun. Um, Wait,
2: fun? Yeah, yeah. What? I didn't even know that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, the, they're called been. like the,
0: them fatals. Come, it's amazing. What? So fucking fun. That sounds so yeah, fun. Yeah. And so like we went to. I went to see these kings with a with a couple friends. And there was like dance party afterwards. And it was so fun and inclusive and wonderful and like downtown or where was it like near Chinatown in like a weird, like,
2: Oh, that's where I live. Oh, I live downtown. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Downtown. yeah. Wait, that's so yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: You gotta come. It was so fun. Um, and it was already like charged up. And then they, then they like made the announcement of when their pride show was going to be. And so it's that feeling for me of I'm going to probably go back to that same event and it's just going to feel a little elevated. Like it's going to feel a little yeah. more celebratory. Like it's already a part mm-hmm. of my life. I already choose these things mm-hmm. and it's just like one notch up and we love that who doesn't want to be one notch up absolutely (laughs) who doesn't who
2: doesn't want that yeah yeah i i like love any excuse to celebrate anything like (laughs) i i am just one of those people that's like we need to buy a cake this is a celebration you literally just filmed your 100th video (laughs) i don't know i i love any reason to celebrate but this is this is gonna be so interesting i i'm also I like journaled this morning a little bit and I was like, whoa, my first open primal. I mean, I th- I literally came out to my parents in December of last year. And then I came out on the internet like a few months later. Um, and so it's like, I guess it doesn't really feel like I'm that baby out because I've like personally just been out for a, a couple of years, but um, yeah, it's just so funny. I, I wonder how it's going to affect me, but it'll be really fun. I think. I hope so. I like completely divert the conversation again. I know you asked about the this. Finances is good. This of, is like this the- show. This is this
0: works for this show. For this show. Good. The listeners like a journey. We're on a journey. We're talking. It's, it's all coming out. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we love it. So yeah, let's get back to that. Just because I, I do have that curiosity still about like, Cars. Where does it come from? How are you doing this? I know that that, that that is still really opaque to a lot of people who aren't like super yeah. familiar with what you do.
2: It's it's so funny because I, I sometimes I'm like, oh, that's boring. People know how it works, but no, like, really, people do people not. Don't. Know. People uh-uh, don't. No, yeah, I don't think so. So, anyway. uh, honestly, it just depends on the creator where their main income comes from but i would say number one like your main source of income as an influencer is most likely going to be brand deals so brand deals comes and come brand deals come in all shapes and sizes so you have your like standard affiliate brand deals where you only like you'll post about something but you only make money if people buy that thing from your specific code or link people do not know about Um, this
0: this is i think already a thing that people don't even though like really
2: well yeah because when people even advertise on the on this show
0: the very show you're listening to right now there's (laughs) there'll be like the you know if it's it's something where it's like a url and then slash query or whatever you know if it's not like yeah it's not baked in the same way with like a
3: Mm-hmm. TikTok where
0: you're gonna like click on a thing and go you know it's like that's how it is on podcasts. Yeah. and um the totally. reason that that query exists at the end of the url is because like the company is you tracking the whether or not things cross through directly from this podcast what
2: what is their roi it's all dependent yes. on the brand's goal your your you know your deal whatever you're doing is dependent on the brand's goal so I think like a lot of brands also get confused with when working with influencers. Cause I, I mean, I told you, I do consultation. I do some with brands as well. Um, I'm actually going to speak on a panel in Toronto for businesses and like how to work with influencers. Um, But that's, that's one of the first things that I say is like, it really just depends on a goal is your goal marketing, which is, generally an influencer job which is to market something or is it sales that's a complete those are two completely different things so like if you're working with amazon for like per se they have an influencer program and it's completely revolved around sales because they have they have they are an affiliate marketing branch their influencer program is affiliate marketing so an influencer. Ha- all these influencers have storefronts on their Amazon. So if you see like an influencer being like, oh, I, I, this is how I did my hair and everything I use in this video is on my Amazon storefront that is an affiliate link and they and you should always buy from an if you see something that influencer inspired you to buy, you should always buy it from their affiliate link, because that's how they earn money. And that's, you know, you know, they did do the work in order to get the sale. So I'm always super transparent about that. That's but, awesome. Um, and
0: makes so much sense. And then maybe you could talk for a moment about the like marketing side of things. And that's really yes, just like so, somebody showcasing the thing.
2: Yeah. And that's super important for um, the influencer and the brand to know what th- that that is the goal. Because listen, if you're paying for one TikTok, it doesn't matter if the creator has 10 million followers. I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10, that's not going to be, you're not going to sell a ton of things from that one TikTok. That influencer's job, if they're they're being hired for one TikTok, is brand awareness, product awareness, and to to market whatever you're talking about. So let's say it's a hairbrush, and I'm doing my hair, and I'm like, this is why I love this hairbrush, and I need this hairbrush, blah, blah, blah. I'm probably not going to make a ton of sales, even if that video got 100,000 likes. 70,000 saves. Statistically, people don't buy things on the internet until they see them seven or more times. So if if I was like, um, if I was like, on this, the marketing team of this hairbrush company, I, what I would probably do is I would hone in on 20 influencers, let's say I have a budget of I'm going to hone in on 20 influencers that are in this, in in the exact demo that I'm looking for. Like, let's say women from the ages of 20 to 35, all in the USA, that that's the demo that I'm looking for. And these creators, their niche, what I'm looking for is beauty, skincare, hair care, like beauty creators who do like lifestyle content and who have a strong relationship with their community and have built trust within that community. So I'm going to take those twenty influencers. I'm going to give them each like a like two thousand dollars just for you know easy sake. And I am going to basically try to hone in and get that community of people, these women from ages twenty to thirty in the USA, to see to see this product over seven times. Because like my goal is for brand awareness and to within this in, like marketing campaign to get to the point where I am building ROI from these twenty influencers. If that makes Maddie, sense. Maddie,
0: here's what I'm gonna say, or, okay, go ahead. What were
2: you- oh sorry, sorry, last thing. Or I would take two influencers and I will build out a campaign that's two months long and have them each post multiple videos over the two months because in that case, like my my you know, goal is A mix of marketing, brand awareness and sales, then I'm going to build a consistency with those followers, communities, so that the more that those followers see that product on these two influencers pages, I'm going to like hone in on these people. And I'm going to try to get them to sell product, if that makes sense. It
0: does. And you explained that so well. And obviously, that's why you're going to be on panels and all this. And this is why you work as a consultant in this area and I think that's something that really stands out to me especially for like listeners um who might be like not Gen Z right um Mm -hmm. is I think there's like a I think there's still a lack of understanding for a lot of people I could be wrong um around the fact that like you are essentially your own company you know like Mm -hmm. and, and every influencer is and I and I am Mm Two is just like a little different. Mm -hmm. You are my stuff is like more. I mean, number one, I have a company, right? Like, we all have companies, um, yeah, of which I am the sole employee. Uh, but like, (laughs) there, I think for you, you know, something that's super interesting to me is that, like, when Because especially like something like working with a brand, I think that there might not be an understanding around the fact that you like you are essentially even if somebody there's like a marketing department that's like we should get Maddie, then you are the one that's like brainstorming on what the idea is. And you are the one that's like shooting it and you are the one that's like putting it up. So hopefully hopefully.
2: Hopefully yeah, because sometimes brands try to take the reins on that yeah. one and that's usually when you get a thousand views on your video because <laughs> they don't know your community, right. they don't know what your audience likes and wants to watch and what's going to be beneficial for them. You do. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So that's also a big thing that's that I super talk interesting. To brands about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like you are your own like commercial yeah. production company. Which I think Mm -hmm. is when people are like, how can you make money like this? Or like, why is this person affiliating themselves with brands? It's like, Mm -hmm.
2: because
0: this person is so good at this specific thing that they're now, they're making commercials. Like you're making commercials. Yes.
2: A oh, 100%. And it is interesting, like, I, I agree with you that a lot of people don't really have this concept of like, influencers being their own business. And, and it's really, unless you're either one doing the research and like, tr- like, trying to understand our world. Or you're you only understand it if you do that or if you somehow try to do it for yourself for your own business. Yeah. Because I can't even tell you how many times like I've talked to people and you know, at first they're like, Oh yeah, like I, I wish I could make five grand posting a video. this is video. what, I, this is what like, exactly you know, what I'm talking that, about. This yeah, exact yeah, yeah, mentality. I, yeah. And then and then they're like, you know, in these business meetings and they've got the new young exec coming up and they're like, We gotta get on TikTok, people. Then they're pulling up all their stats and now they're understanding and they're like, Okay, fine, we'll we'll get on TikTok and then it doesn't work. Nothing works. They don't understand how to do it. They realize how much work it is. They realize it's a whole full time job in and of itself. And that's when they understand like, Oh, wait, yeah, this is an entire business. Yes. And then and Matt, yeah. And then like, to take that to like the influencer level, which I've only touched like the surface of like, the financials of like being an influencer, because not only you, I mean, personally, as an influencer, I don't want to be reliant on brand deals ever for my income. Like I have been in that place in the past. And It's okay. But there's no um, consistency in that there's no stability, you are also like building up somebody else's brand. If you are an influencer who is trying to like, you know, build this audience in the community for a, a longevity of your career, your goal is to create your own brand at some point that you're then marketing for yourself. That's what you're working towards. Or, you know, building a podcast where you have, you do have like six months contracts with brands or you go on like a podcast yeah. tour. Or, you know, there's so many different sectors. And I think it just depends what your goal is when you're going, when you're entering social media and like looking at it as a career and looking at it as a job. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's so true. Like people have <laughs> like, yeah, they, they don't, I, I get it. I get it. Cause we make it look easy because that's our yeah. job our job is literally to make it look like all I do all day is just like pull out my little phone and take my little videos and like my little camera. Absolutely. You know, Uh, meanwhile, I've built an entire software to organize all of my businesses and all of my income and uh, my to-do list and everything that I've done, like in order to automate as much as humanly possible, because I literally there's just so much that goes into this oh, you know right. you don't people just don't really know yeah
0: i mean and i gotta yeah. say like especially i'm so glad to hear you talk about this you know and i really think that there's a lot of listeners this will be interesting for because i mean especially like you're like you know a young like attract you're like pretty you like making Thanks. fun things that are like you know of course cute and like accessible yeah. and like interesting or whatever but I think that hearing that, like the fucking business model behind it because it's actually yeah. since there's like the especially because we devalue like the the way I've described you is like the exact person that we devalue in terms of like mm-hmm. their intelligence you know and that's mm-hmm. working course. against you and it's working against like a lot of influencers because there's a lot of influencers that like have this thing going on that I think we can put into a category of like nobody could be smart and capable and also like yeah. wear makeup like for you know right it's like it's like a complete well, mis- misunderstanding uh, of the kardashians right yeah. like it's like no no
2: 100%. they're fucking geniuses <laughs> you know? yeah no. no guys they're so smart. genius it's so oh my god i have so many thoughts on what you just said like my mind is spinning because it's like that is so accurate and it's so interesting because for me i re- i at a certain point i just decided to take advantage of people underestimating yeah me. that's and right. i, I just because <laughs> honestly that's what the kardashians do yeah. do they not their reality show they are all executive producers of their show yep. you don't think that every single thing is running through the freaking kardashian funnel are you kidding it's all so curated and they're geniuses i respect the fuck out of them chris is a fucking genius i think she's like i I obviously don't agree like ethically with a lot of things that they do but it doesn't matter if if we're we're talking pure business like they're geniuses and it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about you know our society and like conditioning and what you know the way that we view women in this society and it's like it's like the classic like back in the twitter days it was like oh you're you wear uggs and you drink starbucks you're a basic bitch like anything that women love like our society is going to attack it's so fun and like it being an influencers is it inherently feminine thing to do especially when you're like doing beauty and hair care like whatever it is like people devalue it so much because it is inherently feminine and it's just yeah. like a very sad part of living in our, in like this current world, I think that obviously we're moving in the right direction. And with, you know, a lot of the women that I respect who do social media and like our public about how that affects us. But I, I think also there, there's like this balance of, I, I also just like have to learn how to live in this world. And like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do what I do what i do and i'm gonna take advantage of what you give me you know what i mean it's like the the hate is engagement
3: back for another game you know it what's going on
1: just one more week till max fun drive
3: (laughs) hard to believe Me? Oh,
1: nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
3: What? Hang on.
4: You know what's interesting is you hear a lot of, like, my, just like my straight friends will talk about how they had the Barbie scissor. That's like coming up a lot. And I'm like, lesbians didn't do that. No, I didn't that do not- that. Thank
0: you so much. You know what? I have been trying to work on dispelling this myth for honestly, I would say, an extremely long time. I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm going to call her out right now. There's a comic named Rachel Scanlon, who I absolutely love. I love Rachel love, Scanlon so fucking much. Who I recently much. had on a podcast. She came to open for me. I don't even know where we were. We had a drive. She murdered. Yeah. She destroyed. She did so well. But she was also talking a lot about scissoring, and on the way home, I told her that Barbies didn't scissor, and she got yeah, they didn't. She she disagreed with me. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't Maybe know she what she's
4: talking about. Because a young listen, I, I, I'm not gonna make a generalization. No, I'll, I'll generalize. Young lesbians were playing with. Kens and you know those male figures because that was an expression of some sort of like latent male sex, like just this masculinity. Like the two Barbies together, I was like, what are they? What are these two broads going to talk about? I want. I
0: needed a man in the room. <laughs> did you? Did you have a? Did you have like? So you had a couple Kens. Did you have yeah, one? Oh, you had loved, Kens. Did you have one that you loved more than? Other ones?
4: I had I had one specific it it was a normal sized G.I. Joe. I think you're confusing G.I. Joe's with another.
0: I don't G.I. Joe's are little.
4: Not some of them. Some of them are totally. You're talking size. about a
0: G.I. Joe that's the same size as a Barbie?
4: Yep. That's an unusual
0: sh- G.I. Joe or maybe No no, I'm
4: serious. They're they're like totally normal size. I think maybe this is something that wait. Like, look, this was, like, my G.I. Joe. Hang on a second. So I had a G.I. Joe that I would, like, put, like... here you go.
0: But how big is that? G.I. Joes are small. Hang on. It,
4: he was bar... No, he was Barbie-sized. See? Barbie-sized.
0: Okay, but here's what's fucked up. I'm going to tell you this, and it's going to be so rough. Oh, no. What? They were tiny when... <laughs> this is... Yeah, this is... <laughs> how, how old are you?
4: 29. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! It's the it's the like ten plus years between us because when made, they brought them up a size, yeah. Because when I was a kid, here I wonder if I could like show you one that has scale. I um, think I know
4: what you're talking like the Toy Story GI Joe's you're talking about. Yeah, they're like little. the little guys. Yeah,
0: they're little little. Guys. They're like they're like five inches tall.
4: Okay, I'm gonna send you one in the mail. I'm gonna send you one in the mail. <laughs> okay, <done. laughs> I but I had one. I would string. I would put like string in my bedroom ceiling, and I would like put uh, I, what is it called? Like you know, when like a like, zip line harness. Yeah, I would like zip line them around the house. And one of them, he lost his arm during this in the, mission in battle. But he was so stunning. I loved. He had like this gorgeous yeah. brown hair, and I always wanted all my bar. He was like. You know i wanted my barbies to go for him so he was my favorite i would kind of return to him time and time again and he had been you know his body wore out over time
0: (laughs) this is is, you're describing a childhood if i had listened to me you listened to me my favorite ken was like um, his name was Derek. He was part of Barbie and the Rockers. Barbie was for a period of time in a rock band. and um, oh, okay, when you bought a member of Barbie and the Rockers, it came with a cassette of the of that rock band's music. Like that's cool. And uh, you should you should try to find this. Th- this is okay one, I think one of the top hits is uh, born with a mic in my hand. <laughs> Taylor sings it tonight um it's amazing uh but that was like as far as Ken got in terms of cool like Derek from that he was cool he had like kind of cool hair and like cool outfits or whatever but like yeah he wasn't you couldn't put him on a zip line
4: no 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 because like Those first of all, they're not-
0: Lady Gaga didn't even exist so or pink so we did like didn't know that I mean I guess we were already one in a Michael Jackson line. world, yeah. But yeah, we didn't know that rockers could zipline, <laughs> so that was one of the main problems. But like, if I had had what you're talking about,
4: yeah, no, it would have it would have been crazy for you. You would have just lost it.
0: People are always focusing on a march toward equality in other ways, but I think that the resizing of GI Joes is something that was a huge. It's been missed, yeah. It was really important.
4: Mm-hmm. It changed a lot of lives, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm gonna see the movie again. Definitely gonna see it again. And
0: you're, and you'll boo.
4: And yeah, I'm gonna boo the whole time. <laughs> um. No, I just, I, I was too hyped up and I went I with the, up, yeah. you know, it was the audience, everyone was dressed up. I had one of those audiences where we were, people were cheering, yeah. clapping, you know, it became, I hadn't, it's like the second time I've been in the theater since COVID. I know. Did you, did you dress up? No, I didn't dress up. I don't I <laughs> don't dress up. I like to like so, watch everyone else dress so up. So dismissive. I would never dress up. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. It's not my thing. I take it. I dressed up. Really? What did you dress as? I wore... uh, Weird
0: Barbie? (laughs) I wore a pink dress. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And uh, did you go with your wife? Actually, no. I went with two of my friends. Um, Well, the second time I went with my wife. Actually, I think I wore that pink dress for that too, but... But it was like, you know, like the second time wasn't the, the first time was really the time I was like screaming the second time I saw it in a theater that where everybody was like eating full meals, you know, this type of theater and it was like in yeah. the hype it was like not easy to hype because everybody had to like wipe their hands from their like you know steaks or whatever that they were
4: having that is so i don't know how it's like some of it is like kind of amazing but then it's like someone like it was like wheeling out like a vat of like hot pretzels it, and just like
0: they're like c72 it's it, like what is going it, on it here was, this is- it's a combination of so many things so many things are yeah. being combined making them all slightly less good but um yeah it is nice that it exists so we can experiment with yeah. which things should be combined. Wait, I want to go back though to to talking a little bit more about so where you're at right now which is like having this I mean you talked about feeling comfortable um on mm-hmm. stage and interpersonally talking about queerness. Mm-hmm. Do you like just in your I guess I'm more talking about on stage than in your personal life like do mm-hmm. you feel like it's a big source of material for you? Do you feel like you're, um, like you ha- are choosing to come out every set? Are you like because we're just again we're like such different generations that
4: I don't mm. know what it's like. Yeah. So once I was like I hit my sweet spot with my stand up and my life, feeling like both authentic I was doing a lot of material around my experience being being gay but also pulling from like my experience of having been closeted and I was very conscious of writing and like performing in a way that like I don't want to be telling jokes that like just make sense or hit with like people that have had the queer experience like what am I saying that is like if you are if you haven't had that experience but you're like listening and looking at that, like you can get a kick out of it, I guess. Um, but now I feel like sometimes I'm self-conscious where I'm like, God, I don't want to be a lesbian comedian that is just talking about being a lesbian. So I'm almost like wanting to circle back where I'm like, I feel like I've gotten a lot of it out of my system where I'm like, I finally said it and like I've made the observations. I'm like but I want to be more than that, and I am more than that, but it feels good to talk about
0: on stage. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I don't know. God, I have no idea how I am seen outside of myself. Who could ever know that? Um, But I think for me, I always felt like I was talking about like dating, getting married, getting divorced, getting remarried, mental health. Like I always thought I was talking about those things. And I think mm-hmm. I felt like um, it's not like I wasn't aware of my identity or was trying to hide it. But I think I felt like surprised sometimes to find out that other people thought that that I was a lesbian comedian. I just mean because like I don't know what a lesbian comedian is like, I know, uh, well, I certainly know folks who are, like, doing a lot of heavy, heavy, like, sex material. I guess I've never really been, I've certainly made my shit, my fair share of sex jokes, but it's never been, like, a huge part of what I'm doing. Um uh-huh. Yeah. So good. I guess what I'm trying to say is, (laughs) good luck trying to figure out how to thread that needle because I don't know how to do it.
4: Like meaning like, well, two things. One is, do you feel that when you're performing for audiences that I mean, most of your audiences, do you feel though that they're your headlining shows and they're just coming out for you? They know who you are, so it's not like a surprise or like a reveal when you're sharing that information.
0: Yeah. So, right. So. But even before that, when I was playing in whatever rooms or sometimes today, if I'm performing somewhere where I'm just like doing a set, um, or, you know, like a spot, um, I, I often feel like I'm like, but I'm just talking about the same thing you're talking about, like to, it's like, it's where I'm just talking about, you're talking about dating. I'm talking about dating. I'm talking about marriage. You're talking about marriage. Yeah.
4: Gonna say, like, I was at, I was did a set a few weeks ago at Cobbs in San Francisco, and I got off stage, and I was reflecting on my set. Someone had made a comment about so, some, I don't know if it was, it's just something about let lesbian. I don't know what the comment was. Insert anything around that. And I was <laughs> reflecting back on my set, and I was like, is my set, like, a really gay set? Like, I don't know what that even means. I was like going through my material. And then I did what you just said, where I said to myself, I'm talking about being in a relationship, talking about dating, talking about my understanding of marriage, I'm talking about my understanding of children, like, those things are, I don't know how to look at them through a lens that's not being gay. So if that is making it gay? Like I'm gay, so of course it's that's how I see the world. <laughs> I don't know how to go on stage and 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 have I like a straight am. male perspective on these things. <sighs> and then and then my because my dad, who I love and is most supportive, would say things when I first started comedy, like you know you want to also do some stuff that's not super gay.
0: Do you and want I understand our dads the to meet each other. And say that back and forth to each other so that we don't have to hear it. I mean, isn't my dad doesn't say that to me anymore either. But um, yeah. maybe if they just say it to each other, then they can never yep, bring they, that up again. They can get it out yeah. of their system.
4: But they, they were like, he was like obsessed with that when I did The Tonight Show. Oh. He was like, but you don't want it to just be that you're like the gay comedian. And it's like, I can't control how people remember me. And also like, this is in my, I don't know, how do I unsee it? It's like,
0: yeah. I know. I mean that's the that's the thing. Everybody has a perspective. It's just that if yours is not marginalized, then it is invisible. Is the thing that I would say about stand up, right? Like but also all things. Like only marginalized perspectives do we even notice that they exist? Right. right. Yeah. Totally. Um yeah, I was listening to, what what was this? Oh, it's been a minute with Sam Sanders. Great podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about somebody saying that somebody else was half Japanese. And he's like, what's the other half? Like just default? And I was like, oh my God. Because like this is how deep even... Like, my, my wife is half Japanese, half white, and I sometimes describe her as half Japanese because defaults are so strong that even if I have some identities that are marginalized, it doesn't mean I have to, like, notice where I my default settings are because they're, yeah. they're in all of us programmed so deeply.
4: Uh, we have to do a lot of, like, untangling and, like, yeah that's like like but these are two like us talking about this being aware and having some language to talk about it like a whole world of people who are just like we're just like messy cobbling together shit being like like it's just a nightmare it is not to be cynical but like it's like how do we figure out how to like adopt new language as like a planet like of course it's
0: Yeah, I don't think we can. I mean, that's great. I don't think we need to also. I think that, I don't think we can. Like, I think it's like, I think it's, I feel like it's, I'll just speak for myself. I'm okay with it being a um, slow and gradual march toward progress. Like, I just don't know that we actually can speed it up um Mm -hmm. faster than that like even if we wanted to good luck to us um Mm -hmm. but i like that first that tonight show set that you're talking about like what were you what were you actually talking about i haven't i need to i will go after this i will watch you on the tonight show but i don't know exactly what you um well covered in that set
4: i the the first time i went on the tonight show i had a girlfriend and i was not out and i had did like a What felt like a straight set like that set when I look back on it I'm like this is like what I thought stand-up was but like I wasn't I wasn't that good like I wasn't good and I can it's not my it's not the right voice for me It's like I'm almost close to finding something that might work And then the second set I do on the show I'm talking about being gay But I still mentioned like, it's confusing to people because I st- and I see why it is now, but I still mention my experience dating men. And then I talk about dating a woman and everyone's like, What? Well, what are you then? Like, well, what is this? We don't get it. Like everyone's like, well, what does that mean? And I just remember when I was figuring out like what bits to do. And, like, reflecting it back to my dad, which I shouldn't do. I know that doesn't work, but I still do it where I, like, want him and my mom to laugh. But I, like, just keep going. It's just, like, the mouse that keeps going for cheese. And, like, even when they – like, I don't know – I'm not going to get cheese at the end of that tunnel. So I don't know
0: why I keep going down that Would you say it's a bit like a broken slot machine?
4: It's – oh, my God. Um and they, were, you know, they were very thoughtfully, like, you know, and you. Re- this is gonna. A lot of people will see this. Like, you might not want to, you know, end so heavy on the lesbian stuff. And it's like, but that's kind of like, who I am. It's kind of like. Yeah, me. what will
0: people think if they? No,
4: I guess accurate- they'll think the truth. The truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I still have it. I'm still doing it to myself. A few weeks, I'm still saying to myself, is this too gay? Like, are there parts of... Would I get booked more if my material felt broader? Can I be gay and my material still be broader? Da, 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 da.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. The I mean, the other thing that I will say that is funny, though, is then I also have gotten a shit ton of jobs specifically because of my identity. So right. I could play this... um game like all could like, I, I could just like play it with myself forever like do like less gay more gay I could just play that forever with myself and it I don't know that it um I don't know that there is a perfect answer um coming to mind right now
4: is Tim Dillon and I'm just wondering if like does he not have this mental conversation because he chooses to not engage his gay identity much at all if ever on stage is that his answer to it and because he's a white man he just gets to basically like pretend that's not a thing
0: yeah i mean sure like probably but i think the thing i'll say about that for me is like i don't get it like i like i feel like and not specifically about him but like there used to be there used to be, well, this is still a thing, but there used to be this comic that, like, when I started in Chicago, a big part of his set was that, like, at one point in his set, he would take his shirt off. It's so funny because this is true. <laughs> this is like a. There are it's very so successful comics who this is their thing, um but <laughs> he, like that was like you know, and and this is like when I was going out every single night doing multiple sets a night open mics, you know, till two o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I would just like watch this guy and he would be like, he'd tell like two jokes and then take his shirt off. And I, I, th- I would just be like, what I what why have you how is that enough? Create creatively, how does that keep you coming back? You know, like, cause for me
2: <laughs> How does that keep you?
0: <laughs> cause like for me, like so much of it is about like I don't know. Like, like, yeah. Getting a chance to try to tell people what my perspective is. And like right. for him, to that's me, like the itch. <laughs> like, but then, you know, yeah, like I said, like Bert Kreischer exists. So what the fuck do I know? I don't know. But like, I just don't think it, I don't think that's a motivator for me. So yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. why I can't right. do it. I used to feel so jealous of that guy. I would be like, this is what it is for you, man. Like, like fucking, and to just get like, what a claps. fucking relief, baby. Like, I hope you feel good. I hope this is nice for you.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's one way. If that's working, wow. That's great. I, yeah. I can do that. And
0: like, not even working outside, but like working inside. You know, if he Rat, goes to bed totally. at night and he's like, well, I fucking killed it. Yeah, exactly. I'll did it again man fucking did it again
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i guess i'll do the two new jokes and then take off my shirt and, <laughs> and yeah that, that'll get me to 15 minutes yeah i think yeah i mean jesus christ uh, you see that in like so many different forms yeah uh, everywhere in stand-up yeah i thought it was going to be a different story of just like you could any city you go to they'll be like oh yeah that's girl uh, that's craig he uh, takes his shirt off every few, like you know, like every city has their own version of someone who's just like on stage doing like the worm, and they're like, yeah, he does that about five minutes in.
0: Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and again, maybe locally beloved. So I don't even, I don't even right. think it's not working in terms of how they're viewed. I think those sometimes yeah. those dudes get a lot of respect. But, I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're
4: having a conversation with themselves like I wonder how the audience is going to feel about this I know. And, uh, no I don't,
0: you know. I don't I don't think so I <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> could be really wrong yeah um, yeah but
4: circling back Yeah. I did at first feel every time every time I did a show I was coming out and that was terrifying and I would look at the room and I would imagine if people in the room were how they would feel about it and now what I felt to, as I've like started headlining more is I, I'll go into a place and I'm like oh is this a red state or is this like a blue state that's more where I go I don't think about coming out so much as like I'm like where do these people fall politically I'm like ah, how do these people vote I don't know why I'm using that I I do know kind of why but I'm using that to evaluate something I feel before I go on
0: do you feel like that then do you feel like that's a
4: helpful marker um I don't really know. I don't know why I'm doing that. Maybe it's because I somewhere want to feel safe in some way.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. (laughs) Maybe to to survive. Yeah. To survive. Yeah. Like that.
4: (laughs) Is it legal here? (laughs) I don't,
0: I don't feel, just to say, I don't feel confused about why you would do that. Yeah. Something that I have found that's true is that sometimes I get a bigger reaction in a place where folks are more suppressed and oppressed because they like uh-huh. need it more but it doesn't make mm. me safer so it's like an interesting difference yeah where like if i ask myself this is a red or blue state and i try to adjust by being like more like taking my foot off the gas in a red state like i am actually leaving something on the table because that because sh- i because i like like n- fucking new york city can like can like, I was going to say suck my dick. I don't even. I thought you were going to
4: say suck my dick. <laughs> and I was like, I stop guessing what she's saying. Like, you're an idiot. I was like, you just say New York City could suck I my never, dick. I was like, I suck your never dick. I told
0: anyone or any place to suck my dick, but uh, it can versus like, you know, whatever. Nor- uh, name any city in North Carolina. But um, I will feel safer like walking to the show in my, I used to have a hat that, um, it, it was the. For some reason, it was the. <laughs> it, was, it was the Honda logo, but then it said Homo. Sure. And um, oh my god! I it was like my favorite hat, so I would. So I wore it for like an entire tour, not realizing until the end of the tour. Like I like took it off. I like just forgot what was on my head, and I like took it off and looked at it. and Was like, what have I been walking through every city wearing? <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's amazing. So,
0: like New York, fine wearing your homo hat. Less fine in, like, right. Asheville, North Carolina, or whatever. But yeah, um,
4: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's um, I hear you.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. And it's I feel mixed about every, all of it. You know, it's like, and also I feel like. Do you feel that like the clubs in like clubs in New York have a different feel than like alt- alternative shows, alternative shows. That's what people like to call them. Yeah, which are just like good shows. But um, cl- clubs are still very feel very like patriarchal to me.
0: A lot of them. Yes. Again, that now. is like a place where. Hey, let me just say, if you want to, you have gonna screen the Barbie movie. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to, just met. Just acknowledge the existence of, for instance, the fact that a that strap-ons exist. Uh huh. Murder in a club. Destroy.
1: They go, oh yeah. They go.
0: We can't even. Yeah. We can't even believe <laughs> <laughs> that this comic also knows that. You know, whatever it is, it's like a bunch right. of straight guys that are like, "Holy shit! I never heard anything what like the... that in my life." Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Always nice to have that in your In your back pocket. It's in just your like back That's where you keep a strap. Pointing. <laughs> Sorry,
4: going. pointing to an idea makes the audience go crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. You, you,
4: yeah. it's just like you're just like suggesting some it's not even clear what you're suggesting. You just yeah. like a banana. Yeah. What the fuck is fucking lesbians talking yeah. about bananas?
0: <laughs> that's that's very real.
3: I was a therapist for a really long time and then like I'm just sort of like a known Pisces in the world you know I'm always like <laughs> feelings a known Pisces that's <laughs> yeah. so funny yeah keep going keep going you know like they're just like I time. time there's that notorious Pisces just like crying everywhere um, and, and that's what this book is it's, it's like a lot of my feelings and it's like flowy and sort of like good evil is that an existent thing I don't know I have a lot of feelings and then and because I used to be a therapist, I'm like, now that we've cried, go home and <laughs> do some homework. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, like, and and the truth is, I've I've always actually really loved um, kind of that that rhythm of like diving deep into something emotionally and then trying to put it into practice in some kind of way um I just like the embodiment of that like the thing that allows me to be a Pisces but still alive is that like I can I let myself go really far into like the dream world and then I come back and I try to do something like real life with that um and then I guess you know the origin story of this book as I keep telling it, is um, in 2021, at some point, uh, a few years ago, a little-known author named J.K. Rowling put mm-hmm. a statement into the world, um, you know, announcing that she is a gender-critical feminist, um, or, you know, whatever she would like to call it. And um, obviously, there was a lot of uproar in the world when that happened, and there was a lot of um, understandable rage and you know, conflict over it and at the same time we were going through covid um like a reckoning around the movement for black lives and equity diversity and uh, inclusion in in the work world and many other parts of the world and um the idea of love letters like writing love letters came about like as the idea of like writing a letter to someone like jk rowling mm but from the perspective of love and I will say having read her statement a million times, there's this fascinating piece that I think a lot of uh, trans people in my life often either don't know about or like kind of forget about, which is that deep down like buried in the paragraphs of that letter um, she says this thing that where, where like um, when she was an adolescent she experienced, um, some gender trouble and had she been raised today might have decided to transition. And of course she frames that as like, what a tragedy that we live in a world. But I'm like, Jake Rowling, are you one of us? Do you need help? Like, should we give you a hug?
0: I, I don't know if I look, a lot of things have happened. in the last. So I don't know that I had any idea that that was true. Oh, Oh, Well, and I mean, the other thing that's like so intense about this letter in my, I think the thing that sticks out to me is this, um, like, it's just so odd because it's based on nothing. It's based on no specific encounter in her own life, but it's based on her own trauma. Oh yeah. But it's not based on an encounter. And I think that because there's also a letter in this, um, book, like to like to Jesus Christ, there is your, one. uh the lover, your my lover boyfriend. Yes. uh yeah, your boyfriend and um I that you know, I'm a formerly Catholic person myself. <gasps> I uh, do have a very interesting relationship right now in my life to ooh. uh j c um <laughs> and I think it's a similar you know. It's, it strikes that similar chord for me of like the fear that I grew up around, around queer people, trans people in a religious context where it's based on no specific encounter. encounter. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like based on uh, imagined, imagined moment.
3: Oh um, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think what's so powerful about that and kind of frightening is that the encounter is with the unwanted part of the self, (laughs) you know, (sighs) you know, (laughs) like um, all those Republican senators or whatever, who are, you know, later found to have been cavorting with, you know, muscle bound young hunks in hotel rooms when (laughs) they make their homophobic laws. I mean, it's really about um, that when, you know, when they look at queer people, They see something in themselves that they fear, which is, of course, desire. (gasps) Can you tell me a little bit more about the your current
0: relationship with uh, Christianity, with uh, Jesus, the
3: (laughs) whatever he is, figurehead, yeah,
0: Yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) a conglomerate, (laughs) you know, like whatever.
3: I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes. Um, so my mother and like that whole branch of my family, um, which is large, is um, like heavily connected. Like our part of the uh, like a Chinese Christian evangelical church, um, and um, it did also so happen that uh, I was partially raised um, by like a caregiver, by like a nanny. Uh, who uh, was Filipina and so who is Filipina and um, she uh, is Catholic. And so I have like both like a lot of Catholic stuff from my childhood mm-hmm. and a lot of evangelical stuff. From my childhood. Yeah, totally. This uh, is also, we don't talk about
0: this, I think as a broader culture when we're talking about um, Christianity, evangelical Christianity in, in both in Canada or in the U S and the mm-hmm. ways in which, I, I think this, it's, there's, there's things their position is so very white. And um, yes. that is not, not fully representative episode. of, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, who even might be voting um, on yes. Christian lines. Um, or who yes. might be trying to uphold certain, you know, evangelical values. I feel like it's, like, The Daily Show is, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine... You know, you know, the white, the white, the fucking white guy in the hat that's like at at the the rally, you know?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, But, well, you're right. You're talking
0: about a different thing. Yeah. So so maybe you could tell me a little bit more about the experience you're talking about.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, just absolutely. um, You know, the world is full of um, black, indigenous and racialized christians because of colonization obviously yes <laughs> yes <laughs> but <laughs> you know uh, there are a lot of uh, people of color of faith of christian faith who are like very into it and w- would be mad if, like, you know, if we if, if, if one were to try to take that away from them, right? Like, so, you know, um, yeah, I mean, there's churches full of Chinese Christians, you know, uh, around which, you know, I was raised, <laughs> Um Okay, okay, but here's here's like the thing about fear and desire and, and religion. Um I first realized I was a gay when my um Catholic nanny showed me like a children's picture book version of the Bible, and in it was one full page spread of shirtless Jesus on the yes. cross in the loincloth, and like yeah come on, like, what am I supposed to do? I felt desire. (laughs) That
0: is interesting, because I also felt desire um, looking at, like, a crucifix sort of a thing, but from a different perspective. Because I remember that as being one of the first bodies that I wish I had. Like, this sort of, because there is a very, there's, like, an archetypal Jesus body, this sort of, like, emaciated, but, like, very muscular, yes, yes. like, kind of like a waif,
3: but like a tone. Yeah, I waif. was gonna say
0: like a withered <laughs> twink, but you're, yep. you're, a waif is better.
3: Like <laughs> <laughs> withered twink.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I just remember. Like I remember, yeah, wanting that body uh, for like it, wanting it in a different way. But I I understand yes, what you're wanting talking to about be too. in it, and, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. wanted to well, touch
3: it. And, you know, yeah, like, yeah. these <laughs> yeah. are all forms of desire. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, Which is so that, shameful. Not really, no, but it, in Christianity, is very shamed.
0: But it is totally. I think it's also interesting because like that pretty nude bod like you can see uh Most whatever you, if you call these davids or if you call them um somebody recently told me cuz i've been doing a lot of uh oblique focused sit ups and somebody recently
3: told me i have oh, cum goodness. gutters which made me feel great oh, i felt my god wow do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i uh, yeah the the well i think anatomically they are called the iliac crest <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, that's not right. Every single uh, biology book says cum gutters, and that's just oh, that's from Harvard. Okay, gotcha, Medical. gotcha. Harv- like that's not right, me. I'm not
3: making. I that apologize. Up. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, the snake things. That the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you've got those. In, good for you.
0: <laughs> in a, oh, I'm I'm working on it. In a in a like a porn-free household, or like in a house where there weren't a lot of you know. um, Like, I wasn't allowed to have cable as a kid. So Mm -hmm. I do think that this, like, Jesus body was one of the first bodies that I, like, saw that much of. Like, it's an unusually naked bod that's around all the time.
3: Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, go ahead. Feast your eyes upon this. (laughs) Feast your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) The little loincloth is falling (laughs) off. Yeah, anyway. And
0: it it dips in the middle. Like, come on. There's such (laughs) a dip. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. So So I want to... So then yes. if if that's true, and if you encounter Jesus that way, I'm just so curious about like, because I was really struck by this, um, you know, men I've loved before who couldn't love me back. Like, mm-hmm. is that yes. a relationship with the G- with Jesus that you have there? Or uh. are we talking about like more men in the physical
3: realm? Wow, what I just went to was like it is men in the physical realm, but am I always just chasing Jesus? I should pay you. This is Come on, therapy. baby. I unlocked it. Come on. Send me How your long invoice. Been 16 minutes and <laughs> That's at least $500. <laughs> 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 right there. Uh <laughs> But no, I mean, I mean, technically they are physical flesh men. <laughs> um yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm always in pursuit of the patriarch. Um, yes. Yeah, because they're sexy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, I mean, you know, the, the bigger theme, the noble theme of the book is like, you know, forgive yourself for falling in love with men who are bad to you. And I definitely, you know, do that every day. But, um... <laughs> do you?
0: Is that still an active uh, part of your life? Are you working on that? And are still you, noticing uh, it pop up?
3: Well, I'm luckily married, much like yourself, mm-hmm. um, to a wonderful person. So it's kind of calmed down, but we're also in an open marriage. So, um, <laughs> like, I think the difference is that, um, yes, I still pursue toxic men, um, you know, from some toxic place inside myself. But then I come home to this very loving, um, stable person. And so I'm like, this is great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I wrote that poem because, um, something really weird happened to me during the first year of the Pandy, um, where <laughs> I was really lonely and, um, you know, in a flash of genius, went on grinder, which is where you're supposed to go when you're lonely. Um, Absolutely. Find... You take
0: that right to the sheets, is what I <laughs> <Exactly>. was saying.
3: <laughs> and, you know, met this, um, uh, you know, supposedly heterosexual um, bank manager. And, you know, uh, everything was going as planned. I was like, yes, you know, he's a honk. We're going to forget each other whatever. He's saying he's single, but... We know he has a wife somewhere. Um, And I was like, yes, I've done it a hundred times before. Look at me, I'm cosmopolitan, sex in the city, Samantha. And then um, I, like, horrifically and abruptly fell in love. Like, I became obsessed with this banker. Like, it was like a force possessed me. I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about him. I was texting him every day. He didn't want to be texted every day. You know, I had to, you know, rein it in. Um, And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I in love with this banker who is obviously a bad idea? Like, I'm not 21 anymore or whatever. But I could not stop it from happening. It was just so mysterious. Um, And I've gotten a lot of therapy about it. Um, But I still don't really know. Um, But I will say that... I've never said this on a podcast before, that even though my heart was shattered into a million pieces, and of course you know he's gone from my life, there are many um, potential financial benefits to being engaged—not engaged to, but engaged with—like um, a, a bank manager. And so my life was somewhat materially improved. Tell me, um, tell me about this.
0: What do you mean? Oh, if well, you just if that, you are comfy.
3: Well, okay. There was this thing where he was like, I have something to tell you. And I was like, obviously you um, have like a cisgender heterosexual woman somewhere. And he was like, yes, I do. And I was like, well... What what can I say? And he 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 was just like he was like I'm so sorry. Maybe we should just be friends. But I was like, but we've just had sex. Like it's not possible anymore. You yeah, know? absolutely.
0: <laughs> also, like what what bank manager friend are you meeting on Grinder? I I've I've never heard of that oh, well, story. Yes. I have yet to hear. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not really a thing. And so then, then, then we but, pursued
3: a deep uh, <laughs> friendship, lasting <laughed laughs> yeah. friendship of respect. No. Yes.
0: Yes.
3: <laughs> but then he said. Well, yeah, I said, well, I don't think we can be friends. He was like, really? Because I could help you with your banking. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And well, let's just say, like, um, he was able to approve some loans that I really wanted. Wow, that is so wild. Yeah, I would would not have been approved otherwise. So, So... Which brings me to other poems in the book, which are about Johns. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, you know, even though they can be assholes, sometimes they change your life in a very material way for the good. So
0: would you consider that person to be a John because of that sort of like trickle-down version of dispersing money? I mean, it's not like a direct it's not like a direct linkage. Nothing no nothing is like left on the what you're describing is not something being left on a dresser. You know, you're describing a different thing.
3: I am. Yes. I, I, you know, I think that in the world of, um, I think there's a lot of debate about what that is. Um, And yeah, I guess I'm not sure, but I think what I would say, there's something John-ish about, about that interaction. John-ish is so good. That's a good term. (laughs) Thank you. Um, You know, and, I think what's really powerful about being a john and being an escort um is that um everybody knows even if you do fall in love it's probably not going to work out. Um, but there <sighs> is an exchange that honors the beauty of what was. And with most heterosexual men um who I you know meet on grinder you know there is, there's like a, not such an exchange but for whatever reason banker men felt it was very important to, you know, kind of under, you know, maybe against certain bank policies, approve some loans for me. And I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would also say that this this is not, this is also part of, um, I think people who might I don't think these are listeners to this show, but like people who might have a specific view around this kind of relationship you're talking about or something else that could be more concretely considered sex work. I think the relationship you're talking about is also mirrored outside of this for a lot of folks who are – like first of all, it's it's actually the like basis for heterosexual marriage. Yeah, but also is beyond fact, that. Family. It's yeah. also <laughs> the um the basis for like a a person who does have somebody at home and then has somebody else out in the world. Like this is not right. Like there's a reason that when we see a politician photographed with like the uh, I don't know why I wanna say side chick or whatever. Like but <laughs> that, that person's like wearing a fur. You know what I mean? Like right. there's like this is also I think that this is so threaded into culture and society. It's just, we call it something different when it's, when there's like gender fuckage, transness, queerness, or, you know, a same sex relationship involved, whatever, whatever categories that are there, it's, we call it something else than if it's just like straight dude, finds straight, cis
3: woman. That's true. Yeah. The heterosexuality puts like a veil of like, um, like, legitimacy on it yes um yeah but yeah, yeah. as my friend chanel would say chanel is like a um, amazing like writer on sex work rights um she um you know she really talks about how actually all gender uh all gender all gender marginalized people perform sexual labor like we all do it um uh, and but like the ways that we get compensated for it are made more or less clear based on um, like the social location that we occupy. All is
0: shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maximum fun.
3: A worker-owned network
1: of artists-owned shows.
3: Supported
2: directly by you.